Hello and welcome to Case Reopen. You're the number one, maybe, maybe. Uh, detective code and rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and uh, joining me, as always, my pal and yours, the Luffy D Monkey of this group, Justin. Luffy D Monkey. So, what we're trying to say is, especially with that comment of starting the uh, episode, that Tyler, not me, went to see One Piece uh, Stampede tonight, because uh, I think Tyler really wants to do a One Piece rewatch podcast now. Absolutely not. I, I, do, I do not want to see a One Piece rewatch. Although, like, Tony Tony Chopper's cool. He's my boy. Um, I've never actually seen anything with him. I just like the idea of, like, a talking deer a lot pretty cool go watch rudolph the red nose reindeer then yeah talk. that's good i like rudolph uh and i have a question for you guys about another animal here shortly but on the show we have another new addition um switching from guests to a, a proper co-host colleen you've joined the show hello i guess i have thank you it's all it's because of kyle like, we just had to, like, kick him to the curb finally and just be like, we need to make some executive decisions. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I can take over for Kyle until he comes back, and then, well, we'll see what happens from there. He just never came <laughs> back. Yeah, now now Kyle finally has his out. So, but uh, we're glad to have you, Colleen. Thanks. Or I could Here be Kyleen if you prefer that. I don't like that. I don't, <laughs> oh I don't my like God, that. No. It's cursed. The podcast cursed. You'd have to become Asian if you did that. Yeah, I, I don't think I could pull that off i don't know i heard canadians are really good at pulling off different races oh yes that's right um it's like your superpower google the canadian prime minister and you'll know what we're talking about so justin uh jokes aside you did see the new one piece movie you want to i'm sure there's some crossover with our audience do you want to tell people how it is is it good uh yeah it's really good stampede obviously if you do know it is the 20th anniversary movie so they go hog wild it's like the super smash brothers ultimate uh one piece like pretty much everybody that you should think that would be in the movie is there is the clown guy uh, there yes he is yeah. and he's is great zoro there in this movie buggy is great yes of course what about nami Tyler and I are just naming off characters that we know. I was gonna say you're just naming like literally the main characters. <laughs> I think I'm right. This is why we need like, to do a rewatch podcast of one. Sanji. Piece. Yeah. He's the sh- is that the show? Yeah. Yes. Hmm, okay. So I watched something over the weekend. It wasn't anime related. Well, it was animated though. Uh, are either of you familiar with Peter and the Wolf? Yes. Well, the story All a right. little bit. I think I've heard of it. So I watched three versions over of it over the weekend. I watched the Disney version. I watched this bad '90s version, which was by Chuck Jones, and then they had a live action cast that included Kirstie Alley from uh, Cheers. And then I watched a like mid two thousand stop motion version that was made in Poland. So I watched three versions of Peter and the Wolf. And I don't understand why that, why anything happened. It, like, it doesn't have a moral. It seems like a story like that should have a moral. What's the moral, Colleen? Okay, maybe I'm confusing it with the other 
wolf boy story, but isn't that the one where, like, don't cry wolf? Is that the one? No. Oh, okay. No. So in this story, Peter is this just dorky kid, and he goes out into the woods when he's told not to, and then this big wolf appears, and then he kept, like, the wolf eats his duck. He has a little duck friend. And then, uh, I guess maybe the, the moral is just to don't let ducks go by wolves. But uh, it's a bad, bad film. Just don't hang out with wolves. <laughs> I recommend not watching all three versions of uh, Peter Which and Which one would you recommend watching? I guess the Disney version was the most enjoyable. And we found oh, a, like, ripped off version that replaced the voiceover with a... Uh, david bowie because david bowie had recorded an <laughs> album of peter and the wolf so weird we had david bowie talking about peter what and the has wolf, david so. bowie not done oh he hasn't watched detective canon at least not in 2019 because uh that we he's dead no that we know of he's he probably could still watch it somehow yes yeah, david bowie come on ziggy stardust where are you at uh so We've got two episodes today, including the most popular Detective Conan story yet, which is episode 59. The first errand murder case This originally aired on May 19th, 1997. Justin, I bet expectations were high after knowing that this was the most popular episode. Um, seeing as I am also Kyle, knowing that it's the most impo- uh, uh, popular episode... And it features the Detective Boys. I knew it was probably going to be the most popular episode. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we get this opening here. And I was kind of left... I wrote it down because I thought it would make sense by the time I finished the episode. But this is what it says. A ticking second hand, a streaking comet, a jack-in-a-box, broken ceramics. For a dry person's heart... Solving a mystery with deductive reasoning is useful. Today's story is a heart-pounding first errand. We did not see a jack-in-a-box, or broken ceramics, nor a streaking comet. That's some great translation work there. <sighs> yeah, I don't... Usually these are, like, related to the case, but we didn't, like, quite get that this week. Well, that's because this is the most popular episode. They didn't need to tell you anything. They just say random things and you just and believe a heart it. pounding first errand like what's that yep is your heart pounding <laughs> my doki doki heart <laughs> oh man <laughs> don't hey, these kids have to do their first errand man don't make me sing right. more billy ray cyrus <laughs> yeah we don't want to destroy the listeners ears oh i'm a lovely singer i'll let you know that i've performed in uh multiple venues with my Lovely voice. Mm. The voice of an angel, probably. Aw, thank you. See? Colleen respects. I need proof. First. I'm new here, I so I need to make sure I say nice things about the host. <laughs> the episode begins with it storming outside, and we see one man strike another uh, person with a... looks like a bat. And uh, then it cuts to a perfectly sunny day the next morning. We find out that Ron and Kogoro are attending the first Aaron contest. Um, what the fuck is a first Aaron contest? Did either of you like know what the hell they were doing here? Um, after a little bit, I started to get it. I just was like, 
confused why this was a thing. Yeah, more than like anything. they they introduced this idea like it's a regular thing. Like this does not happen in any other neighborhood. I don't even think it's a thing in Japan. I don't think First it's a thing in Japan. Japan. Well, I think the Conan Wiki references it. It's oh, based it on true. a Japanese TV show. And when I found that yeah. out, I was like, I'm not surprised. Huh. It seems like one of those kind of weird concepts. Uh, and they're just like, let's make a TV show out of it. So, you, you know what? If it's based on a TV show that does this, I wonder if that's what the popular episode thing was talking no, about. No, I was thinking oh. the same thing. Like, yeah. oh, this is a popular TV show. So we're going to do an episode based on that. Uh, at least that's what I just thought of. I don't know if it's true. I don't even know if it's popular. That's, it is. Uh, Japan has a popular TV show called My First Errand, where little kids are sent to do minor tasks for the family on their own while a camera crew secretly follows them. That's kind of creepy. Well, I just solved the biggest mystery of this episode. Closed the Why podcast. Why this is a popular episode, yes. That was the biggest mystery in okay, this case, because... So. Otherwise, Ooh, there's English subtitled segments from My First Darren where a brother and sister head out to buy groceries for the first so time. I watched that. And, uh, oh, how was it? <laughs> it, was, it was really funny. So the first part of it is they're they're kind of just leaving home and their mother's waving goodbye to him. And <laughs> so the, the brother is older, but he's the one that's crying. Like he gets all emotional about it. And the little girl's <laughs> like, come on, Aww. let's go get her. Whatever they're the first errand they have to do and the the boy's just not having it he's weeping i was like oh you poor sweet little thing <laughs> jeez well we solved the mystery why this is the most popular episode so i guess this isn't why as we ridiculous as i thought it was i will say when i when i was on vacation there was this little we we stopped at a mcdonald's to get drinks and there was this little girl in front of us, and she, she was probably like, I don't know, five or something. But she was flossing while waiting for the uh, the employee to come there. I think she wanted like uh, I forget what she was buying, but she was buying something small. And she had like she had a couple dollars on her, and I, being careless, had dropped a coin on the floor. And she was so sweet that she stopped flossing, picked up the coin, and gave it to me. So. And then she went back to flossing. So, shout out to that little girl. Was that her first errand? I guess. The, Maybe I was the, helping. Get the coin for you. Um. So, we learn that the detective boys are there. And they're in charge of filming one of the kids with a, a camcorder and a microphone. And then... So, they're the like little broadcast team there. Ron then mentions that they're sitting with a VIP at the table. <laughs> And that uh, Kogoro should be more enthusiastic. I wrote that down because I thought it would be important, but the VIP is never mentioned. So thanks for that info. So are Ron and Kogoro there as judges? Like, what's there to judge? I don't get it. I don't. Well, they they do judge the people later. They say that like they take all the footage to a TV station, and then the kids are judged. I guess it's just like how they conducted their, how they completed all their tasks. Like, uh, yeah, if they got everything correct, uh, stuff like that. Yeah, probably. I'm very judgmental, so I, I think I could do a good job with that. <laughs> Ayumi reveals... You probably have the same attitude as Kogoro, though. You're just like, oh, why are we here? Uh, I like I like watching little kids 
run around and do, do stuff. things. That, I was trying not to be oh creepy. Oh my god! Run errands. Red alert! Red alert! <laughs> I, mean, I like kids. That's Back what away! From not the kids. not like that. Um, Ayumi reveals that she begged for the detective group to be involved because uh, they wanted their fans to see it. Conan's kind of annoyed by that. And uh, Conan then talks about how they're taping the event, uh, which will be then sent to a television station, which will then judge the contestants. The rules are that the contestants have to go to the Baker shopping district, buy what's on the list, and then return with it. Nobody's parents can help them, uh, but they can follow as bodyguards. We then see a series of kids that failed. Um, we get a little cute little montage. Oh. There's one that's using their money to buy like arcade games. One bought an action figure. Some kids were just buying the one wrong bought, stuff. One bought everything he wanted, which was hilarious. Yeah, that kid rules. The guy who kind of looked like Genta. <laughs> I was just like, is that his cousin? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we... we show this montage and... Uh, it's the one where there's a bunch of little kids and one is sort of on the ground looking at his uh, task and there's a couple like staring at him like oh that poor little thing doesn't know what he's doing like so you kind of feel weird about it because there's all these strangers staring at these kids and they're not well they're not allowed to help them it's just it's kind of like a, a weird thing for me well kids gotta learn colleen you can't baby them forever they've got to spread their wings yeah, and take flight. Run errands for their parents. Yep. <laughs> we then see the boy who's named uh, Hiroshi, who the kids are watching, and he has to buy a toothbrush, fried bean curd, and a shugi bag, which is a gift bag. And then we have a funny segment where uh, Ginta doesn't know what the bag is. And so Conan's like, man, you could have been put up for this contest as well. You would have had oh, competition. Dude. Didn't get to think it was like a shogi bag, yeah, or something like that. Well, and then Ayumi uh, talks about chess. I didn't really get the jokes. Uh, shogi is uh, similarly spelled uh, shogi, and it's that's like Japanese chess, right? So was Ayumi wrong in saying, "Oh, it's a bag for a knight and a bishop and all that," and then Kona's like, "Uh, yeah, she's you're supposed it's actually for shogi shogi pieces. It's not for chess pieces." Is that it? Okay. Yeah, Dif- different games, but kind of. Yeah, they're similar. It's sort kind of played the, the same. Equivalent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they start following Hiroshi, but then a, a train crash. He very. This kid is very dangerous with how he's walking. Oh my god! He just darts across this uh, train path while like the things are going down, and uh, just no care in the world. This kid was gonna get hit by a uh, traffic man. Mm-hmm. So oblivious. I, I was. I was not liking this. Um, and so they can't find him afterwards, so they go looking for him. Conan also mentions that Ayumi's house is nearby, and then they suspect that he may have gone to a nearby construction site to play, because that's where kids go, construction sites. Obviously. They run over to the construction site, and they spot the kid playing, but a red light stops them from getting there quickly. Once they get there, uh, the kid has disappeared, and Conan spots a... A tracing mark from a, a bicycle wheel in the dirt. We then see that a man is... <laughs> so Hiroshi just, like, hopped on this man's bike. And he gave him a ride to this, like, random abandoned building. <laughs> like, what is going on in this town? 
Well, they're filming kids running errands. Like, <laughs> anything's possible at this point. That's true. And then, well, we know that's like a, a regular thing that apparently happens in Japan now. So it's not even weird. That's true. He says, uh, mm -hmm. so of course he enters the abandoned building and then he says, good afternoon. And we see a dark figure emerge from the darkness. So what are you up to, little boy? Conan and the rest of the detective boys catch up and they spot Hiroshi. He's totally okay. And he waves at them. He then goes to the shopping district, and instead of going for what he has on his task list, he uh, starts looking at action figures, so you know he's a cool guy. <laughs> we then see a person untie a bunch of pipes that are sitting on a truck, and they fall off and nearly hit the kid. Hiroshi then goes, and he's like totally oblivious to like these attempts at his life, which is like <laughs> so funny. Um, he then goes into the stationery store and buys a shugi bag for uh, 200 yen, so that's about $2. We then see the mysterious figure break into a parked car and he uh, takes down the emergency brake and he puts the car in the drive and so the car is just rolling downhill towards the poor kid and it's looking like it's going to hit him. So Conan has to be a total badass here. He finds like a random ball and he kicks it and it crashes through the window hitting the driver's wheel and then making it like steer into this light post. It was just a crazy action scene I wasn't expecting. You weren't expecting this from the most popular episode before you knew what it was? Yeah, I guess I was wrong. I should have known. Uh, did you, So we talked about this last week, how none of us really remembered what the hell the most popular episode was. But um, while you were watching it, Justin, did anything like come back to you? Um. Yeah, actually, it was really weird. Like... Um, cause at first I'm like, I don't remember this. And if it was a popular episode, why was it or whatever? Um, now knowing the popular episode thing, but like, as this, this stuff started to happen, like when he waved to them, um, at that one part and then like this with the car, I was like, you know what? This actually does seem very familiar, but then it started to go away again after a while until like the very end. And it all came back, and I'm like, oh, that's right. But otherwise, no, I didn't really remember it, besides, like, a couple scenes. So, Colleen, we like uh, relatable moments on this podcast. Has anybody ever tried to end your life by hitting you with a car? I don't recall, but then again, I might have had amnesia after such an incident, so maybe. I see. Uh, did you... Did you remember any of this episode as it was happening? <laughs> yes, because it was so random at the time when I watched it. Because it, this is a this is an anime original, right? Yeah. yeah. So I did remember parts of it, sort of like why why this little boy was in danger. I remembered that, but have because I watched the dub the first time I watched this episode, so I don't know if all the same kind of nuances were there like it wasn't the first errand competition i think it was called like the toddler shopping spree or something like that <laughs> so uh yeah but i i remembered parts of it yeah 
we can all agree that the toddler shopping spree is much weirder than the first Darren competition. Well, especially because in, if you're calling them toddlers, it makes it seem like they're like two or three years old, but they're actually <laughs> six or whatever age the detective boys are. Yeah. Like, that's drastically mm-hmm. different. Uh, Conan puts it together that somebody's trying to attack Hiroshi, and then we spot the kid finding a toy car on the ground, and he is promptly drugged and kidnapped. Conan then uh, finds where he was with the action figure and his toy car there. Conan explains the situation to all the rest of the detective boys, and then they just randomly decide that, oh, the police won't believe us despite us working with them like a dozen times so far. So they agreed to try to save Hiroshi without any police involvement. So that comment about the police, I wonder if it's because we're still in the early days of, well, the whole show, but the detective boys, and they just haven't had enough opportunities to work with some of the officers, because later on, as we know, uh, they rely on them. I would get that if this was like, yeah, I would get that if this was like episode... 23 or something but we're at 60 at this point we've seen them like establish themselves enough like we're on the third season so, okay now i get it. that's why ayumi wants them to do this because of their fan base she wants to grow their popularity so then people will come and give them cases and the police will actually uh see yep. them as a reputable mm-hmm. detective agency uh, so, yeah, they believe the police won't help. Uh, we then see the kidnapper place down Hiroshi's body, and then it cuts to a commercial break. So we have a lot of... This poor little kid gets kidnapped here. Ken and the rest of the crew don't have a lead, so he decides to look at the video that they've been recording. He eventually looks at the abandoned building and asks them to play that section of the video again. Conan then reveals that the kid wasn't waving at them, but rather at the nearby mirror. Uh, luckily, they have like two angles where they're recording it, so they were able to put that together. The kids examine it and realize that he must have been waving at somebody uh, at one of the windows in the condemned building. So, of course, the kids all go to the condemned building and they find Hiroshi's hat on the ground. Conan notes that the de- demolition date is today and that there's no time, they've got to save him real quick. Conan tries to go alone, but the rest of the kids follow suit, as, because of course they would. They wind up going into the basement, and that's when they find the kid sitting next to a dead body. Thankfully, Hiroshi's alive, and Conan smells the chemicals on him as he was knocked out. Conan then reveals that the murderer wanted to make it look like a demolition accident, and that he was trying to kill the kid because he saw him in the building. Uh, So then we get the big reveal here. The murderer steps out of the darkness and tells them that their deduction is correct before just shutting the door on them. And uh, I thought this was an interesting part because they're all just stuck here in this room and there's no good way for them to escape. Like, we very nearly had the end of the Detective Boys because the way they get out is not like some brilliant deduction by Conan or anything. Like, they kind of just got really lucky. So, like, we almost saw the end of the Detective Boys, Colleen. Um... What do you think about seeing Conan kind of just totally helpless in a moment? And sure, he still has his wits about him because he's able to spot an opportunity while everything's going. But it was kind of out of his hands at that point, And that's kind of different for this show. Usually he's the one moving things forward. Yeah, for sure. It's weird seeing him out of his 
comfort zone because he always has the answers to everything. So in this case, usually he's the one figuring things out and the detective voice sort of give him clues here and there. But I feel like in this one particularly, he had to really depend on them to get out of this because I think it was Genta that like basically dragged everyone out of the sewer or something like that, right? Yeah, he helped carry the, yeah. the little kid because yeah. he's not walking. He's still drugged out. And he's about like a hundred times the size of the other the little kid that he is carrying. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny because they're they're the same age presumably, but he's cradling him like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Ginta is a very large boy. Yeah, he might have been held back a few years. I wouldn't be surprised. He is awfully dumb. Oh no. <laughs> Just Justin, were you ever held back? Uh no. Justin's oh, too smart we for that. A... Well, he just became smart after the One Piece film. One yeah, Piece movie. Yeah. I became woke. I could see I Kyle like, being cool kids, like, hey. shockingly held back and like disproving like the Asian stereotype. I could see that happening. We'll have to ask him the next time he appears, like fifty episodes from now. He may have wanted to rebel uh, against uh, that stereotype. Yeah. He got held back because he was stealing everybody's Game Boys. What a <laughs> bad kid he was. Oh. So Conan's, We're never going to let him down for that. Conan's banging on this door trying to get out. And they realize there's no use. And then uh, Detective Boys and Hiroshi are just stuck down there. The demolition crew gets ready to begin. Ayumi starts crying out that she doesn't want to die. Ginta starts blaming Conan for not calling the police, which, honestly, fair. It's pretty stupid. Um, they then hear the building start to get demolished, and that's when Conan notices the sound of flowing water. He tells everybody that they can escape, so they all fit through this little crack that's opening up. And then, meanwhile, we see Ron dragging Kogoro to go find the kids as everybody else is at the little entrance area, except for them and uh, Hiroshi. And it's funny, because we I don't think we see Hiroshi's parents, who apparently don't care that their kid has just been, like, kidnapped. Here. No. Conan says mm -hmm. that uh, he's a loner. He plays by himself in abandoned parking lots or whatever, <laughs> and yeah, buildings. They're like, we don't want this kid. Yeah, We don't know who this kid is. We so it, we start seeing the building get demolished and then the manhole comes up and it's none other than Ginta and everybody else. Uh, and then they start confronting the murderer who is just sitting there watching the uh, place get demolished. Kenan reveals that the building was connected to the sewer system. And uh, that's when Hiroshi wakes up and uh, unknowingly that he was just drugged and almost killed. He greets the murderer and he's really happy to see him and he asks him if he's opening up his store again as he needs to buy some fried bean curd and a toothbrush. This act of asking a man for fried bean curd touches the murderer's heart so he starts to cry. And Kenan reveals that he's actually a convenience store owner and that's why the kid knew the guy. Mm -hmm. Right, but up until then you were just uh, like this fried bean curd that's the the emotional tear-jerking part of this episode that's why tyler cried he's like oh the fried bean curd and then kyle just 
started <laughs> Kyle. Yeah, Kyle st- probably started crying with that too. All right, what? So is this like a? Hmm. Do you guys like fried bean curd? Curd? You guys eat that? Uh, it's like tofu or something. I think we had it once. Maybe. I eat everything, Chinese so tofu. yeah, probably I'd like it. <laughs> yeah, everything. I think that's my problem. Okay, not everything. <laughs> I think that's my problem. If I go to Japan, I'd be like, sure, whatever, and just eat it, no matter what it is. They have some weird pizzas at like the Japanese Domino's. They have this one that's like, like all this cheese. It looks monstrous. That sounds good to me. Let me see if I can find it. It's, it's uh, one kilo of cheese pizza. It's 2.2 pounds of just cheese on this. It looks absolutely like insane. Because it's just so much cheese. Look at that. Is it the Leaning Tower of Cheese? They call it the New Yorker. One kilogram ultra cheese. And it's just so big. And you see like the cheese like... It's more cheese than pizza at that point, and I think I'm down for it. So that's all I want. I just want the one kilogram of cheese pizza. You might as well so. just eat like one of those rounds of cheese then. Like yeah, put sure. it put I it on some dough, too. put it on some bread. <laughs> Basically, this. Yeah, I'm not against that. <laughs> You're trying to like sell me out of this, but I'm just like, okay, I'll do that too. Cheese is good. Uh, they've got several types here. They've got the authentic Quattro New Yorker. So, uh, mm. do you know they have like a Sundere like pizza mascot <laughs> for Domino's? It's this like they have like pizza waifus, man. Sounds like we're missing out. Yeah, what a, what a great country. <laughs> we don't have like anime, although I guess KFC put out anime. put out that. Uh, video game where you can date Colonel Sanders. So that is so great. I saw a little bit of it. That's a video game right there. What do you mean you can date Colonel Sanders? Like it's a It's a it's a dating It's a dating game. Game. It's a okay, dating okay. Sim. Yeah. Would you, is that a, a dream of yours you'd like to fulfill, Colleen? Dating Colonel Sanders in particular or Yeah. I'm I dating the Colonel. Sure, I'd be up for it. <laughs> Finding true love with a passionate chicken man who knows he <laughs> might be at the other end of my red thread of fate yeah he could Ooh, be the one for yeah. you Colleen. so you should probably give that game a shot and then you can maybe find out absolutely all i'm picturing right now is those games where you've got the character like a cutout uh coming in like panning from the left being like oh hello i am so and so are you going to that's pretty much what okay. this game yeah, is. Yeah, it's that, but with Colonel And then Sanders. you select, like, A, B, C for your response, and depending on how... Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. You gotta win them over. That's right. I get so Colonel stressed out at those games. any girl. What if I... I can probably convince both of you to play this game by just saying that there is a uh, specific character... Uh, so to give you a synopsis of the story is you go to this, uh, culinary school, uh, and one of the teachers is this really cute and adorable dog that just talks and starts teaching you how to cook. 
It's like a corgi or something like that. Corgis are cute. The queen likes corgis. And I think you might be able to choose the dog. But I'm not I was sure. I was Wait, just about to ask. I'm not. I yeah. I'm, I don't think I'm into this. I'm a, we don't support beastie. <laughs> so I was going to show, ask you guys: Are Justin. there other love interests? Is it like a Harvest Moon situation? I think there is, but like it's really about trying to get the colonel. You can marry a mermaid in the One Harvest Moon. A mermaid. Well, I know you could yeah. marry like witches and wizards. Which one's the one with the mermaid? Uh, there's also one where you can marry like a, a little kappa guy. Oh yeah. Um, oh, mermaid Harvest Moon. Let me find this out. It's uh Leia from Harvest Moon DS. Oh. She's a mermaid that washes uh up ashore, and then Daryl can. Daryl finds her. Everybody knows Daryl, so you can marry a mermaid. Good old Daryl. You got. I think you have to build like a pole, and then she just stays in your pole. <laughs> She just hang out with your ducks for all eternity. Yeah, I read like somebody had like done that, and then like a tornado just took out his pole and his wife. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about a natural disaster. Jeez. Uh, Also, a natural disaster. The poor convenience store owner's life reveals he was tricked by a broker who caused his wife and children to leave him. Uh, The person he killed was the broker, as he owed him a ton of money. Conan then explains that Hiroshi remembered his store and that he was almost killed for just liking the convenience store. The murderer then says, I'm a bad man. And he apologizes for almost killing this innocent little boy. And uh, then the detective boy's like, <laughs> there's a sad scene going on. And then Ron's like, what are you guys doing? And we're like, we're celebrating a victory. Yeah. And they're just very happy about this man's life being enchanted. And that last shot is absolutely adorable because everyone's like fist pumping. Yeah, we're the detective boys and Conan just real cool. Like, yeah, I'm here too. After the ending song, we see Ron. She says she's impressed by the detective boys. And she says that they've all really achieved something today. Kegra is brushing off them, solving the case as he's saying that kids are kids. So he's going to go home, drink and take a bath. They then look for Hiroshi, and they find him still on the hunt for fried bean curd and a toothbrush, and they tag along to help him find it. So we get a nice little uh, ending there, although I doubt we'll see Hiroshi again. And we get the next Conan's Hint for next week, which is not the most popular show. Nope. So, yeah, it had to be just referencing that TV show. It ha- Oh, it, it makes was. so much more more sense now. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. so thank and God for Colleen doing some wa- research because we yeah, it would make sense that we don't. That's know what, what I that bring is. to this podcast: research. Thank you, Colleen. Knowledge. Knowledge. Yep, I try. <laughs> I try, guys. Uh, we get the next kind of hint, which is a contact lens set, and it says the next episode is going to be a little bit surprising, and then Ron says. Hey, Conan Coon, you shouldn't watch it. Okay. That's a weird one, but sure. Yeah, that was like not... Some of these endings are real fun, and then some of them are just like, what? what is even happening here? And even the, the next episode is going to be a little bit surprising, but they show who murders the person right away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is the other stuff the surprising part? But they also show that. I, uh, I don't know. So, Colleen, what do you think of the uh, most popular show yet? 
I was expecting a lot, obviously. They hyped it up. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It's just an average kind of episode for me. Like, I, I think the most enjoyable part of it was all the little jokes in between. Like, Kogoro saying, kids will be kids, like, five times during the episode. And, um, like, there are these little moments. Like, oh, the fact that Conan got so annoyed that he was, like, roped into filming this entire competition but then he just tags along anyways and that's about it yeah there were a lot of like Mm -hmm. cute little moments with the detective boys that i liked and uh like like you said it's a pretty average episode but i think for like some detective boys filler i'm always there for it and we got to learn about this too yeah we got to learn about this weird Japanese television show, thanks to Colleen. So I'm glad I learned something today. Hey, if you guys were on this television show, what would you do? Because you know how they show the montage of the kids either well, like giving up show, or Colleen. What would you do? What would you? Do? <laughs> I miss that show. Sometimes. But would you like go and buy all the things on the list and try and actually win something? Or... Is there like a reward for doing it correctly? I don't know. I think they say you got a prize. Okay, because if there weren't an award, you'd just go spend the money on arcade games? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. I'd buy some One Piece figurines. <laughs> only Chopper. <laughs> yeah, only Chopper. Yeah, only Tony Chopper. Tony Chopper. So did you like the episode, Justin? Yeah, um, like I said, it, it it's good because it's slightly different. It's not like any of the episodes we've seen before. Um, not because of the air and stuff, but even like the the dire consequences that happen at the end. Uh, it's just something completely different uh, than what we've seen. Also worth noting, this is like the second case recently to feature, like, be based on or feature like Japanese television shows because that we had that one case uh, a few anime originals back that had all the. Uh, like TV host anchors and stuff in it as oh, characters. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of these people are watching a lot of TV at the time in 1997. So it's a kind of like a cool time capsule going through Conan of all these eras because even if like the manga is always like kind of staying the same, we kind of get a taste of the era thanks to the anime originals. So that's always cool. I have one more thing in my notes. I forgot to mention earlier the two times i mean there are more times that the killer is shown but there are two times where his tooth there's like a twinkle to it so you know he's a real cool guy i don't know if you guys noticed it but i it just stood out for me just like what are they trying to show us that he's sinister or that or that he has good oral hygiene yeah yeah Yeah. love a man that flosses uh we then move on to episode 60 an illustrator Murder case. This originally aired May 26, 1997. And unlike the last case, this is uh, adapted from the manga. So we have that hack, Geshio Oyama, to credit for this one. And so it's not as popular little... as what we're hearing. No, it isn't as popular. No. And at the beginning, it says, Today, a beautiful illustrator has her life taken when she causes problems. Okay. That's like usually these are like poetic or something, or they have like a pun 
I'm, I'm really let down by these two. Well, the freaking last one had a whole laundry list of things, and this is just like, <laughs> and someone dies. Like, okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah, where's the ticking hey. second hand as Streaking Comet, a jack-in-a-box? See, they say broken ceramics there. There's a broken pot in this one. <laughs> this would have worked better. <laughs> hey, and at least this one says that it's a somebody beautiful that dies. Yeah. Come on, Colin. That's when death is truly tragic when it's a beautiful person that yeah. dies. Yeah, no one, no one cares like, when the ugly person ugly. dies. Yeah, we don't care. <laughs> but when I learned that a beautiful woman died, a little part of me <laughs> is sad. There's... <laughs> We find this tweet. There's like a young thug tweet where he talks about. I think it's just I hate when girls die. I think that's what he, just a totally random tweet. He's just yeah. He just put, I hate when girls die. As on July fourth, twenty seventeen. I'll retweet it. You're doing it right now. It's true though. Yeah. Wow. Shout shout out to young thug. Um, you can stream so much fun out now. Uh, the episode begins with Kogoro talking to somebody about a. A uh, book of murder scene drawings. That seems very grim for like a coffee book, like table drawing. Yeah, something you find mm-hmm. at your dentist's like, who office. Who would buy that? <laughs> the, yeah, it's I'm probably the guy with the twinkle in his these... tooth that's reading this. It's like, there's an idea. <laughs> yeah, it's revealed that they want to interview Kogoro for the book. And Ron and Conan start laughing at Kogoro because he thought he'd serve as a model for a new piece of art. Poor guy. Uh, and then the man representing the artist says that he's likely asleep at his studio. We then see this lady painting a butterfly on the painter with nail polish while he sleeps. And then he wakes up and she explains that the color that she was painting him with just went on sale today. She then asks him if it's okay for him to be sleeping as he has an appointment. She says that she already put his pants on, which uh, is important. Remember this later and that he should go. She then says that if he and his wife get divorced, then they can finally be together. He then slaps a hoe. Jeez. <laughs> he smacks her, man. Like, just, he just slaps her. See, I, I'm Bam. so innocent. I thought they were actually a couple. And I was like, oh, that's nice. There's an age difference. But I guess age doesn't matter. And then you realize that they're having an illicit love affair. And you're like, oh, okay. See, I knew this was bad mm. from the very beginning. Because I didn't see any any uh, uh, wedding rings. Oh, okay. And it's very... That was the red flag. Here's something I learned today. So Kanye West has this gospel album coming out. And during the record, I listened to a two-hour interview with Kanye West today. And he was talking about how he made everybody that was involved in the album live a Christian lifestyle while they were recording. So none of the rappers could engage in premarital sex. So I just like that he made all these rappers like involuntarily um, celibate for a long period of time while he's working on this album. So, so thank you, Kanye. Voxel or Insel? <laughs> uh, they would be Insel because, uh, well, maybe I feel like since Kanye's blocking them, it's involuntary. I don't know. Or maybe they're becoming voluntary. Eh, we'll give a fossil. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt. There. <laughs> but uh, making good Christian rap. God bless. Um, see how we see this lady. He slaps her. Man, what a dick this guy. They do a good job establishing this painter as a real dickhead early on. 
Uh, he says that their his relationship is strictly his business, and he says it allows you to make a living as an illustrator and live in this extravagant apartment. She then says she'll expose him, but not their affair, but actually that 60% of his work is actually made by her. She then says that she's been hiding a symbol into all of his pictures, uh, and it's in her original work as well. And that sets off the painter. He grabs this glass ashtray and then hits her with it, killing her. So uh, she didn't survive very long. She made it like two minutes into the episode. Hey, it's a new record. Yeah, we don't get to know any of her hopes and dreams. I, I think her hopes and dreams were to like be a home oh. I think she just wanted <laughs> yeah. to ruin that guy's uh, family life. Oh, for sure. Kegger is fed up with waiting and he's about to leave. Um, and then the man asks if he's if the painter is at Chono's place as she has a deadline today as well. We then see the artist uh, right next to the dead body as he says that he didn't mean to kill her. And then we hear her phone go off and we hear a message from Tanaka, who's like their assistant. And he's asking if she's there. Kevin then points out that somebody left their bedding outside at the opposite apartment building. And that's when a man points out that it's Chono's apartment. Just as Kogoro is about to leave, the artist arrives and he says that he fell asleep and he apologizes for being late. Uh, and he says that the phone call had woken him up. He apologizes and Ron points out that one of his fingernails is painted a bright uh, pink. And he says that, oh, paint just got on it. And then he says that Chono might call soon and that if she does, let him speak to her. So that's strange because he's like, Saying that this dead person's gonna call him, so... Yeah, but they don't know that. But, uh, he... This ghost, man. I'm just saying, as a viewer, I wasn't expecting him to pull off, like, voice modulation. Like, he doesn't have the the Conan Edagawa bow tie to make him sound like her. Uh, he then uh, goes to the bathroom and he removes paint uh, from his finger. And that's when Chono calls... And so he quickly grabs the phone and he asks her if she's feeling better. What a nice, considerate guy. Uh, instead, <laughs> I guess she's not doing better. How's yeah, that headache? Oh, <laughs> yeah, he's like, how's that headache? <laughs> and uh, he says, oh, no, don't kill yourself. Don't jump out the window. Wink, wink. Everybody, everybody look. Look, <laughs> so, look yeah, an so obvious distraction. Looks apartment. Everybody looks at the apartment and we see her body fall from the balcony and the futon go with her. She crashes onto the ground. Safe to say that she's dead. Nah. I'm gonna bet on it. She survived. She's dead. She'll be Dare I use the same joke so, I used last time? Tis a stretch. Please. Tis a scratch. Tis a flesh wound. Inspector Megary arrives and he starts asking everybody questions. The artist tells him that it was a suicide. And everybody else testifies to the effect, so he does have a an alibi. However, Conan finds contact lenses in her eyes, and he notices that there's also glasses on the ground. So he believes that somebody placed the glasses on her, and so it was a murder, and that she died before she fell. He immediately suspects the artist, uh, as there could be no accomplice, but he's not sure how he managed to push her while being so far away from her. Conan points out the contact lens to the police in Kogoro, uh, and then they go to investigate a room which wasn't locked. They then notice a nail on the floor, 
and Kagura tells Ron to watch Conan after he gets in the way. Uh, they then view the balcony, which has her slippers, her phone, and then there's parts of a broken flower pot in the drain there. Uh, Megary is bothered by the contacts and tells everybody to search for a suicide note. He then finds a photo album of pictures that Chona took, where she would just paint that little butterfly on everybody that was sleeping. Do you do you like to get up the pranks, Colleen? Do you paint anybody's faces while they're sleeping? I haven't done that, but someone pulled a similar prank on me, but with like oh. toothpaste. Oh. Yeah. Oh, did they put oh, toothpaste all over you? Did it was I was like uh, I don't know seven or eight at the time and i was having a sleepover with these older girls and they were like my friends ish but it was more like our their our parents knew each other so we were just kind of like forced yeah. to hang out together so i was sleeping over at their house and i don't know we were having a good time i thought we were gelling and then i you know we go to sleep and i wake up the next morning and I'm touching my face and I have this like gooey stuff around my lips. I'm like, what's going on? And then I realized all these mean girls put toothpaste on me. You were paste gel. You were toothpaste gelling. Yes. Anyways, that's my sad story. At least they didn't like put your hand in water. Yeah, they could have done yeah. that. So thanks for not doing that, girls. Because I, I thought like I thought one of the things you do is like put like what you put like a whipped cream in somebody's hand. And then and you then like tickle their nose. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, they. Bad. Has that ever happened to you, Colleen? Not yet. <laughs> We're learning that Colleen was one of the girls that Kyle would have bullied in school. Probably. Yeah, he would have taken my Game Boy. I had a nice pink one too. <laughs> oh yeah, that's prime for the taking. Would have took that pink Game Boy. Would have took your Tetris. <laughs> my Tetris. My. Uh... Yamaguchi or whatever they were called. Jeez. Uh, the police don't find a suicide note, but they do find nail polish on the floor. Uh, Ron mentions that that particular type just went on sale. Megary then finds the polish spilled on the bed. And uh, Cannon mentions that the same color was on the artist's hand. Uh, the artist says that it's just a coincidence, but Conan is 100% sure that he's the murderer. Ron tells Conan that they're going home, so he clings onto the fridge and it pops open. That's when he sees that there's cleaning fluid in the fridge, which people use for contacts, but there's no saline solution, so that's odd. Uh, Justin, do you wear contacts? I do wear contacts. So, how does it feel to be a part of a case? <laughs> um, I, I know you're you were probably gonna ask this later but i totally remembered this case uh it's one of those ones that stand out to me for some reason maybe it's because the butterfly signature thing um but like when they this is another one where they're like the contact lenses is the conan hint and i'm like oh yeah it's kind of important again it's like not a direct giveaway but yeah it was kind of a direct giveaway of um what's going on and seeing her put them in and stuff yeah this is weird it has nothing to do with me putting in contacts but if if my contacts are out and i'm wearing uh glasses when i'm murdered just remember this episode guys we will uh colleen how's your eyesight 
2020, I guess. I don't wear glasses or contacts. All right, so no glasses or contacts? Yeah, That's I, good. I kind of have a... I don't know if it's a fear of contacts, but I I couldn't picture myself sticking this little thing in my eyeball. I don't know. Is it is it difficult, yeah, Justin? That seems creepy to me. Um, that's how it is in the beginning. Like right away, they're like, "Yeah, it's gonna be a little weird." Yeah. But like, I got to the point where like you're like sometimes you're looking in the mirror to put it in. Now I'm just like pick it up, boop, put it in, and yeah. just get going. Yeah, it's not. Now, is it worth it though? Because I feel like there's more maintenance involved with contact lenses than with glasses. Yeah, what's the whole process? Apparently, you've got two fluids, Justin. <laughs> uh, I don't have two fluids. <laughs> regular clean solution. <laughs> like they're making stuff it. up. Are you not using the saline solution? The fact that some of it was in the refrigerator is also really weird. Oh, uh, right? you don't do that? No, no, I don't even know who or why you would do that. <laughs> oh, okay. You don't go to, like, the refrigerator aisle of, like, Rite Aid or something like that to get your solution. Yeah, but a lot of stuff stored, and then you have to refrigerate after opening. Well, then maybe she she had that rich money solution then. Maybe contact Uh, maintenance has, like, come a long way since 1997. Oh, maybe. Sure. I thought what Justin was trying to say is that Hack got it wrong. Oh, calling Uh. out he doesn't know nothing about contacts. He took like 18 weeks off so he could learn about contact lenses and still messed it up. What a hack. Um, Megary's about to give up and call it a suicide, uh, but a motorcycle courier arrives. He says that he forgot to leave a receipt when he was here. And uh, they ask him where, what time he arrived. And he said 630, which is exactly when she jumped off the building. I, I could see somebody doing that. They're like, oh no, I'm going to get some, the mailman's here with some bills. I'm going <laughs> to jump off this building. Not the mailman. Uh, That's my greatest fear. Jumps off. He says that he's contacted to arrive exactly at 630. Uh, and he was instructed to open the door and pick up the illustration. And that he did not see the uh, the victim when he came. The artist is listed as the courier's client. And even Kogoro's, you know, the most dense person alive is suspicious of the, the painter at this point. The artist says that he had just arranged for the pickup because he thought that she would be tired and wouldn't have to be bothered. Uh, the courier then says that the door opened forcefully when he arrived and thought that she had opened it, but nobody was there. He then saw a nail fall to the cough, uh, fall to the ground and he heard a noise like something breaking. Conan then runs off to the drain at the balcony and he finds a string there. And then Conan has figured out the entire trick here. Uh, Colleen, did you remember much about this trick? Because my God, is it convoluted. Yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. I remembered the basics. Like I didn't exactly remember like the weight and the nail and pulling the string, like all the little details, but I, <laughs> I remembered the gist of it. Yeah, and I actually really like these episodes, the ones where you kind of, you know who the murderer is, and then you have to figure out how they did the trick. Although this one's kind of even different from those, because he murdered her with an ashtray. This was, The whole trick was to cover that up. So again, another sort of layer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point, because you know usually we're trying to figure out how they were killed, but here we're... Like, kind of trying to figure out how he made his alibi and how she 
fell off this building despite dying earlier. Uh, Kenny then knocks out Kagura. It's funny because he shoots him right when he's looking at him. So you'd think like Kagura could kind of put this together. But nope. Uh, and he starts his deduction show. Kagura says that the artist is the killer. And he tells Meguri to fetch him strong fishing line, a nail, and a soy sauce and hot coffee. <laughs> Meguri is just completely confused by his request, but he goes and gets him. So this poor pl- policeman just has to make hot coffee for the detective at this point. Kegura tells him to make a, make a loop of fishing line as long as it is from the railing to the door and back. And pass one end of it through the belt on a futon, which is representing the victim's body. And then to thread it over the railing, he then has to take it around the flower pot. Then go to the entrance while keeping the line tight and hook it to the intercom. He then has to slide the victim along the line and then suspend them over the balcony. The victim was then covered with the futon. And then uh, they have to leave to the entrance hall and close the door while taking the line and looping it around the nail, which is secured outside the door so it holds the thread. So that's how you set everything up. Um, very simple. <laughs> Not complicated. It's like Ikea in instructions. The, in the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Uh, so this is all set up so the person will fall once the door is opened. The artist said that it was done this. if this was done this way, then the fishing line would be found. Kogoro then explains that they use the leftover line with a, a bottle of soy sauce and they can make it disappear that way. And here I was like, I was like, man, are they just going to like put soy sauce and it's going to make this like line invisible? What, I was like so confused as to how soy sauce was going to help. I'm like, what properties does soy sauce have? Yeah, same. I was confused with the soy sauce. And then I love the little um, added note where Kogoro's like, oh, well, it could be soy sauce or anything else, really. It doesn't really matter. I'm just making this up as I go along, like, because he didn't actually use a soy sauce bottle in the trick. And I was like, well, that's not very detailed. Because usually the detection shows are like, <laughs> yeah. this is exactly what you had to do to uh, accomplish this. And here's just like, well, you could use that or you could use that. It doesn't really matter. I just po- picked a soy sauce bottle. Yeah, that was kind of some... B.S. Kegaro. It's kind of like when you're watching a cooking show and they're like, we've already gone ahead and prepared it. And it's like, we don't know you actually did all this the same way. There's some TV magic here. Um, so yeah, they tie the line between the victim and the flower pot then thread it through the drain covers and tie it to the soy sauce. And then if you put it in the proper order, then the bottle acts as a weight. He believes that the killer originally used saline solution for the this. The thing that just didn't it wasn't in the fridge isn't actually a thing. <laughs> in the refrigerator, like yeah. I said, if it was, no idea. Never seen it. They try the experiment and they watch as the futon falls to the ground and the line goes down the drain. Megary then has them investigate the drain and they find the fishing line with saline solution in it. The artist then says that she had called him before dying. And Kegura says that he had actually phoned the office from, ah, jeez, he had phoned their office from using her mobile phone when Tanaka heard Chono. It was actually part of a message she had left on his answering machine. He had gone to his studio to take the tape, and then when he called the office while he was in the bathroom, he played the tape so it sounded like a voice. He then pointed everybody to the balcony so everybody could witness her fall. Kegura says that the ashtray was likely the murder weapon. 
and that if they check for blood the, with luminol, they'll find it. So it's not looking good for the artist here. Uh, he also says that it's the first time he's been here today, and he asked for some proof. And then the hot coffee is ready, so Conan takes it, and then he purposefully spills it all over the artist's leg, who takes off his sock, and they find a butterfly on his toenail. So I, I just love that Conan's entire trick revolved around scalding this guy with hot coffee. Yeah, because you're like, what is the coffee going to be used for? Like, is it just for... Uh, yeah. Is you actually thought it was part of the the trick? Well, at least I did. I thought it was part of how he concealed this murder or suicide, and then you realize, oh no, it's just to get the guy to take his sock off. Yeah, and uh, I mentioned this earlier, but the victim had put the guy's pants on before, so he never knew that there would be a, you know, a, a little butterfly there. Right. So they set this up yeah. nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he takes off his sock, they find the toenail, and uh, Kegura says that she had painted it on him while he slept, and that's why the polish could be found on the bed. He then asks the artist how he got the emblem. Kegura says that the motive was likely the pictures, that she had painted her symbol in his signature. So Conan's figured out everything. Like, I like how the whole entire art world can't figure this out, but Conan, like, two seconds of knowing the guy already knows that most of his stuff's not his. Uh, so the artist's totally cornered here, so he admits it. And he says he was scared of her talent. He says that she was quiet and lovely at first, like a butterfly. But then she began to monopolize the flower and took too much of the nectar. So he plucked her wings. So I just want to say, remember that, Colleen? You were you were nice as a guest. <laughs> quiet and lovely like a butterfly but if you try taking up too much of this podcast try taking too much of this nectar i'm gonna pluck your wings oh jeez, i've been warned yeah i i wrote what a poetic misogynist um yeah like this is really weird because i guess it's just his artistic flair but he has this like long diatribe of like just casting this woman as the problem and usually Kaguro has like a back and forth with a criminal where he'll it'll be like oh your reasoning's totally wrong but he just stays quiet during this one mm-hmm. it's like man you're supposed to disagree with this asshole not just go with it uh after the ending song ron gets a call asking to use Kaguro in a commercial and then he quickly hangs up after learning that they wanted to use him for a sleeping pill ad. Conan found that quite fitting, so we get a little a good laugh there. It was quite fitting. And then we... Because he's already known as Sleeping the... Kogoro, right? Yeah, that was introduced mm-hmm. last episode, or two episodes ago. Uh, we get the next Conan's hint, which is Telescope, which will be our first original two-part story. And then a random guy says... Can you see the stars? I mean, if you have a telescope, yes. <laughs> Random guy. We don't need your quips. Uh, so, Colleen, what do you think of uh, this guy murdering this girl? <laughs> um, well, the case itself. Like, I love the... Because I watch them back to back. So, you get that stark difference between the episodes. Like, here you've got kids running errands and buying like toilet paper and then here it's like you start with an illicit love affair and the guy murders her with an ashtray so you really get a sense of 
the uh, the contrast between the Detective Boys episodes and the uh, the Kogoro episodes. Yeah, and this guy just really sucks in general because like usually the murderers kind of like apologetic at the end and you can like feel bad for them a bit you can see where they're coming from like even in the detective boys case well he clearly took it too far you can kind of like feel bad for his life being in disarray because he got conned but this guy's just like a dickhead till the very end and he's not even mm-hmm. like sad that he killed her sleazeball. and he said something like when he's making a guess as to why she would commit suicide he's like oh maybe she wanted to die because she had no talent i'm like no way be quiet (laughs) i also liked how um okay i have mixed feelings when it comes to the uh the trick itself because although compared to some of the other ones it's not as great i was impressed that this guy could come up with it so quickly so he murders the girl, and then he's like, okay, what am I going to do to cover this up? And he gets, like, a weight and a string and a nail, and he calls a phone. Like, there's all this stuff going on, and I don't know, this is, like, within a half-hour span that he's trying to figure this out. So I was particularly impressed. Yeah, it kind of seems unrealistic, just, mm-hmm. like, that this guy could just come with all that off the dam. Like, I can believe in elaborate um like cover up if it's a planned thing but this was very much shown as a spur of the moment killing uh so it wasn't intended so props uh, to him for for figuring that out yeah you know Mm -hmm. he might be a piece of shit but gotta give him some props uh what'd you think of the episode justin yeah no i i really enjoyed it it's like a broken record but like rereading them and stuff like that just makes me like them more and watching them again and knowing what's going on and seeing that and all that um it really helps me enjoy the episode a little bit more yeah and that'll do it for this episode of case reopen next week we'll be back with a two-parter we'll be going over a ghost ship murder case part one and part two um, I do not remember this case off the top of my head, so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to revisit. Um, see, when I think of like a, a, a ship, I think of that case we did with the guy, um, the the family with the incest, but uh, we already did that episode a while ago, um, so I'm interested to see what happens on this ghost ship. Um, Mr. Justin, where can people find you? Uh, at the Sigma Omega on Twitters. Uh, Colleen, you're not on Twitter. Do you want to shout anything out? You can find me somewhere in Canada, but uh, it's not like it's a big country or anything, so I'm sure we'll meet each other one day. If you... <laughs> yeah, please don't stalk. Colleen. No, no, that's not that's not an invitation <laughs> to stalk me. I'm just saying, you know, I'm somewhere up north of the United States. Well, that's why you are the great detective of the north. I try. I don't know if I, if I actually uh, um, should, if I uh, worked up to that title. I think you have. You deduced about the the TV show in Japan airing, even if you just found it on a wiki. Right. But uh, I'll give you credit for it. Me mm-hmm. and Justin didn't spot it, so. Nope. We were just expecting the best episode ever. Yeah, only the keen eye of the detective of the North could spot such a detail. Oh well, thank so. you. But you guys. Uh, 
bring other things to the show. I mean, Justin has his contact lens knowledge, and Tyler, you're you're the yeah. host. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Your hosting powers are great. That's all, all I got. Um, so yeah, that'll do it for this episode. You can follow the podcast at case underscore reopened. If you're from Vietnam, please write in. We need to know. I actually checked Twitter this time. Write in. Let us know about your country's Detective Conan viewing habits. I'd love to know. Um, yeah. So we'll be back next week with a two-parter. Bye. Bye. And remember, one truth always prevails.